Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 29th. It is seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Now, I'm going to let you in on something. What? We're going to talk about Chris Christie, but I can tell from the look on your face, you've got something else in mind. Well, I need an envelope. (laughs) I, okay. I, I, I don't know. I used to know where everything was in this building. And Did you look in the kitchen office supply well, that's area? that's where Ryan Hendricks said it was, yeah. but I didn't see any. Now, I was frantically looking before the start of the show. No, no, Officer Brad, I need like a I need like an envelope mm-hmm. we can put a letter in. Mm-hmm. Because Casey and I drafted what I felt was a very articulate, mm-hmm. firmly worded letter to the Attorney General Todd <laughs> Rokita. You mm-hmm. have read and approved the letter. I signed it, in fact. Uh, Matt Bear read and approved the letter. Mm-hmm. And well, if if it's got Matt Bear's approval, uh, then it's, I, I, you know, Matt, you all are, systems go. You are the two most reasonable people I know. And we'll read that letter here a little later on in mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we got to talk about Todski here in a little bit, too. He could be in big trouble again. Yeah. Uh, so because he kept flapping his gums. But I, I, I need a letter, to, uh, an envelope to put this letter in so that when we walk it over there, we can just hand it to the person in question the who's gatekeeper? working the day. I mean, maybe Todd will be there. I doubt he's going to accept anything from you right now. <laughs> I just can't find an envelope, and so I'm going to just scour the building here. All right, I'll help you find one. We'll okay? bring Officer Brad with us when we go over there for, <laughs> for moral slash physical support. Be escorted over. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. He brought idea. us donuts. I know. Officer Brad is our favorite officer. He's and fantastic. And he brings us donuts all the time. He does. And uh, so, anyway, that's. I was just on a quest. I was looking around the studio here, studio here to see if there was like a loose envelope. We'll find something, yeah, okay? Thank you. All right. Let's talk about Chris Christie, okay? He expressed- From, from Todd Rokita to Chris, Chris Christie. Christie. Boy, there were two people who just should be- Like, if it were pro wrestling, they mm-hmm. should be on a tag team together. You think so? Because it's- You remember the office meme? They're, they're the same- the it's, same. It's the same picture. It's the same guy. It's the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> well, Chris Christie has expressed his determination to stay in the race, oh. no matter what the results of the New Hampshire primary. <laughs> He's like the Energizer Bunny, right? Um, Casey, he just keeps on going. You ever? I mean, you've been happily married for a long time, mm-hmm. but uh, twenty-six years this month. Congratulations! Thank you. Jim is so lucky to have you, isn't he? Though. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you have probably never actually been broken up. With. I mean, you didn't Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, you didn't technically weren't in a relationship with Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> no. He just he just chose Susie. What's her face? He, ch- he chose Jenny Ruby. Jenny but, Ruby. But you know what? Since you bring up Kirk Herbstreet, this has been on my mind for a while. Oh. <laughs> Have you noticed? I'm sorry. We're completely going off the rails. No, no here. it's fine. Uh, have you been? Do you follow him on Twitter? No, I don't. Okay, I do. And he's been posting a bunch of pictures of his dog recently. Okay. It's like this whole new thing Does that for bother him. you that he's no, into I actually, his dog? No, I actually like it. It's it's like this whole new world. Now, how Kirk close Kirk were Street. you to actually dating Kirk? Like, did you- I was not close to dating him at all. It, it came he down, dated Jenny Ruby. It was a bachelor type thing where it came down to you and Susie, what's her name? Mm-hmm. And he chose Susie, what's her face? I love how I've told you three times her name was Jenny Ruby and That's you right. still- Call Jenny, her Susie What's her Jenny, name? Jenny Ruby. <laughs> My point in all of this is you've never actually been broken up with, so I'm not speaking to you on this. I'm speaking to the audience at large. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're just so obsessed with a relationship that even though the other person doesn't want to be in a relationship, slash 
isn't in a relationship mm-hmm. with you, like in Wayne's World where she brings him the, the gun rack and he's like, I don't even own a gun, let alone let alone several guns mm-hmm. that would constitute owning a, a gun rack. And she's like, if you're not careful, Wayne, you're going to lose me. He's like, I lost you six months ago when we broke up. Mm-hmm. That That is Chris Christie with this whole presidential thing. America broke up with him mm-hmm. a long time ago. He just doesn't know it's and, over. And it just, he will not accept, <laughs> he doesn't, you know, America's like, I don't even own a gun, Chris, let alone <laughs> several guns that would constitute owning a gun rack. All right, well, CNN's Dana Bash asked if uh, he would work together with Nikki Haley oh. to beat Donald Trump, and you know his answer? Nope. <laughs> you want to be president, but your twin miss- missions are that and to stop Donald Trump. Uh, In the most recent CNN New Hampshire poll, Donald Trump is winning by 42 percent of likely GOP voters. You are third behind Nikki Haley. Neither you nor Nikki Haley come close uh, to challenging Trump on your own. But together, you have support of 34 percent of New Hampshire voters. Is there any scenario where you and Nikki Haley would somehow work together to try to consolidate that anti-Trump vote I think Governor Haley and I both have the same goal, and that is to be president of the United States. And I think we're showing great momentum in New Hampshire. Um, we've been gaining over the last couple of weeks. I think we're going to continue to gain um, in that in that fight. Uh, and I think we're going to do very, very well in New Hampshire on January 23rd. And, you know, this idea of people just doing math and adding up numbers, that's not the way voters vote. Uh, and so, you know, I would say to everybody out there, let's let the campaign move forward. He just wants to keep on going. I'm, I'm such an ass. I refuse to work with anyone because mm-hmm. I am, I am me, Casey. All right. I, I mean, this guy. So it's one thing to say, and we've talked about this before. Hey, the, any person who believes in a country of 330 million people, you could do it better than 330 million other people. There's a certain like, like high level of narcissism that comes with that. And I'm saying this as presidential candidates we've liked, ones we don't like, there is a certain level of narcissism to think you can do anything better than 330 million people. But there's also then like a next level of narcissism where you simply say, not only could I do this better than anyone, I'm not interested in working with Mm -hmm. anyone in any shape, form, or fashion in order to reach some sort of goal because the ultimate goal for Chris Christie is not to be president. He knows he's not going to be president. His ultimate goal is to burn Trump as many times as he can in order to secure some sort of future employment after this failed endeavor is done. So he said this is the smallest Republican field at this stage in a century that did not include an incumbent. So he is sticking with it. He also came out yesterday and said that he would not sign a six-week federal abortion ban as president because he doesn't believe that that aligns with the views of the American public. He said that he personally opposes abortion, but he wouldn't sign a federal bill restricting the procedure. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing about how there's an old saying, art imitates life. Mm -hmm. And politics is basically dinner theater. We've talked about this before. So I have a little experience with this, Casey. I'm not necessarily proud of my past, as we've talked about. I mean, your past, it makes you who you are as a human being today. And so I will tell this story because, well, I have no shame. So when I was a younger man... uh, (laughs) I didn't exactly have the strong moral fiber that I do today... um, I was pursuing a member of the opposite sex, and sure. there was a 
another gentleman who was also pursuing mm -hmm. said member of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And this woman wisely looked at the both of us and said, I'm not interested in either, either one, one of you. Of you. <laughs> and she chose another guy. Three. She chose number three. And this person was far more successful and better in everything else than mm -hmm. either one of us. And uh, in hindsight, clearly this woman made the absolute right choice. However, when she chose this guy, the guy that I had previously had a longstanding feud with, much of it centering around said woman, mm -hmm. messages me and says, you must do something to stop this. And I responded and said, why the hell do I have to do something to stop this? I have no interest in helping you, and I would rather neither one of us win, and she choose that guy mm -hmm. than help you at all. Mm -hmm. And we both lost. <laughs> and that is Chris Christie at this point. I'm going to lose. Yep. I recognize there is a better, the, the in this case, the woman is the Republican primary voter, has chosen another guy, however, I am so self-absorbed and self-centered that I would rather watch you fail mm -hmm. than have any chance of me ultimately succeeding. He's like, oh, we're both going to go down <laughs> rather than one of us win. Okay, well, he claims that his presidential campaign is gaining momentum. Well, Trump's voters in New Hampshire said they are uh, open to changing their minds between now and primary day on January 23rd. So, you know, I know everybody wants to make this race over um, now. Um, but it's not over, and it's it's not even close to over. And when you look, just look at the history. Forget about predictions. Let's look at what's happened over mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And what's happened tells you that there's a long way to go here, and I like the fact that we're gaining momentum now. What he's, a long, strange trip it's been, He's huh? Lloyd Christmas. He's Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. What would you say are the chances of a, a guy like you and a girl like me getting yeah, together? Right. I'd say not good. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and he has her, he goes, like, not good, like, one out of a hundred. She goes, not good, like, one out of a million. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you're That's saying right. there's, these people are all so pathetic, aren't they, Casey? He's going to hang in there until it's absolutely uh, the very end. Have you ever asked your- What a colossal waste of money, by the way. Well, it, it ain't his money, though. So, yeah. like, what, what's he care? Have you ever asked yourself this question? So think about in this room- we have Officer Brad here with us, who is one of the finest, brightest, most bravest of society. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are many, many other people like Officer Brad who are in the same line of work, who serve the great Hoosiers of the state of Indiana every single day. And you think of all the great people that we come in contact with, just in our little, largely meaningless existence in the world. And then you think about all of the great people who publicly do really great things that change and improve society and people's lives and all of the, uh, et cetera. And of all the people we have to choose from to mm -hmm. run our country, mm -hmm. this is it. <laughs> like these are the people. The, right, who step how forward. How is that possible? Yeah. That there are so many brave, wonderful, brilliant, exciting, innovative, just inspiring humans in this country and it always ends up being these people these are the people we have to choose from casey yep it is 17 minutes after nine you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So this woman is going viral for listing qualities of her ideal man. 
This list is incredible and mostly impossible. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine anybody meeting her expectations. Okay. She says to me, a physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy man. Uh Uh-huh. Includes this list. Oh. And, and it's quite long. I, so, thought, I, thought, I thought those were the things she wanted. I thought, well, that's not. Oh, no, no, no. This list is really long. And I thought it might be interesting if if we review sure. this impossible Absolutely. list to see if you agree or if you know anybody who would qualify uh-huh. for this. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. These are the things she wants or doesn't want doesn't vape, doesn't smoke weed, uh-huh. doesn't get vaxxed, mm-hmm. doesn't watch porn, mm-hmm. lifts weights weekly, uh-huh. prioritizes his sleep, eats lots of steak and eggs, mm-hmm. doesn't drink tap water, doesn't use AirPods, would choose a podcast over music, cooks with butter, tallow, and EVOO, doesn't eat and drink out of plastic, uses fluoride-free toothpaste, doesn't douse himself in sunscreen, doesn't wear aluminum deodorant, wears 100% cotton underwear, doesn't trust the government, Yeah. doesn't black out every weekend, <laughs> utilizes cold plunging and the sauna, uh-huh. gets daily sunlight and grounding, yep. knows birth control is poison, mm-hmm. uses natural remedies when sick, mm-hmm. has some type of daily spiritual practice, Yeah. Isn't stuck in a soul-sucking nine-to-five job. Uh-huh. Has hobbies and passions in his life. So basically, she wants Kevin. You think that's what it is? <laughs> I think what you Kevin, wants... are you doing cold plunging <laughs> and a sauna? I think what she wants is AI. <laughs> yeah. So, so is there a photo of this chick? Yes, there is many photos of her. What's her What's her name? Does it say what the broad's name is? Her name is Savannah Vicario, V-I-C-A-R-I-O. Savannah Vicario. Oh, mm-hmm. there we go. She is pulling up in the Google search, so mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, Instagram, let's see what we're looking at here. She has a lot of followers. Uh, well, yeah, okay, I'm sure she... Uh, eh. <laughs> Look, I mean, okay, so that's... Nah, that's not worth that. No. Too, too much high maintenance? I mean, she lists herself right as digital creator, mm-hmm. health, wellness, life, spirituality. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have that many followers, I don't think. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting is you have a lot of women now saying he has to make $250,000 uh-huh. and putting a, uh, a monetary stipulation out there. She doesn't mention anything about money or finances. It's just all about the lifestyle. Now, she's very into health, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things on her list which you would say, those are very good mm-hmm. and certainly uh, noteworthy and something I think we should all uh, strive to achieve for. Mm-hmm. However, there are some of them that are slightly bizarre. And the list is very long, so I'm curious, is this a first date thing? Does she get out a checklist, or is this an overtime? Oh, I'm sorry, you use aluminum deodorant, we're done. And I would be curious to ask her, because it doesn't say how old she is in any of these stories, Mm-mm. I'd be curious to ask her how her actual dating life is going. <laughs> how are things going? Have you found that unicorn, and how is that working out for you? And doesn't use AirPods. Yeah. That's an interesting one. She doesn't strike me as the sort of person where you would be like, honey, I would like to watch the ball game on Saturday, and she would be like, that's fine. Yeah, I think you, it might you be go a bit, ahead and do your own thing. A bit overbearing and as what is your old saying the juice is not not worth the squeeze not worth the squeeze you think that's the case for her well, I, don't, I just you know i don't notice people's appearances casey mm-hmm. so um i just was just i i just i find people interesting don't you mm-hmm. i mean like what what planet 
are you living on where you think you are worthy of making that many demands on someone? somebody else? It's one thing to say, hey, someone with a great relationship with the Lord who puts God first is the top priority to me. Hey, perfect. No problem. Somebody who engages in a strong uh, importance when it comes to family mm-hmm. is, in, you know, is a priority to me. Mm-hmm. Fine, perfect. But when you start getting into what type of deodorant somebody mm-hmm. uses or the cups they use, mm-hmm. it is like good grief, woman, lady, AI, mm-hmm. whatever you might be. <laughs> you need to check yourself. It is twenty six minutes after nine, and it's time for the all around Indiana segment. Oh, by popular demand, you recall yesterday's. You loved it so much. We have 61 to go, Rob. Oh, that's right. Oh, we're doing these Holcomb ads, right? And, and you thought I was kidding. Oh, you're actually going to play? You're going to... Well, I'm not going to be here for the half of December, <laughs> so you do whatever you want then. I, so you are actually going to play an Eric Holcomb ad every single day. Possibly. Uh, this segment featuring the voiceover stylings oh, of Eric no. Holcomb. Okay, so today, since 1967, the Pacers have been a part of the Hoosier culture, uh-huh. bringing the prestige of professional basketball to Indy's home court. Uh-huh. This one is called Hoosier Basketball with the Indiana Pacers. Basketball is more than just a sport in Indiana. It's part of what makes us Hoosiers. From high school tournaments to college rivalries, we grow up on the court shooting hoops, catching games, and cheering on our beloved Indiana Pacers. Back in the 60s, the Pacers played for the ABA, where they won three championships and captured the heart of our city, building a loyal fan base that followed them to the NBA in 1976. Since then, some of the greatest names in the game have worn the Pacers blue and gold and turned Gamebridge Fieldhouse into an arena of legends, where we fill the stands, decked out in our game day finest and ready to yell ourselves hoarse over the perfect winning shot, because we grow basketball here. That make you want to go see a game? Well, I love the fact that he's put. So let's just point out the obvious here. There's never been fewer people going to high school basketball in Indiana than there is right now mm-hmm. uh, because of the IHSAA gutting uh, single class basketball. There's there is. I mean, you go to a game unless there is some superstar prospect playing. It's a spattering of people in the stands. Big school, small school generally doesn't matter. People simply don't care. Uh, Pacers games. Uh, depends on what the game is. Hey, if it's Steph Curry and the right. Warriors depends or LeBron visiting. and the Lakers, mm-hmm. you mu- you're going to probably sell the place out. If not, it's probably seven to eight large in, by the way, a taxpayer funded stadium that we as taxpayers by force, because I guess the fact that since the Simons are some of the richest, one of the richest families in the world, they couldn't pay for their own stadium. You know what he's doing? He's playing government mm-hmm. at this point. Like he is, it is his version of fantasy camp. And because he really likes basketball, Mm -hmm. he's using, he being Eric Holcomb, is using other people's money, billions of dollars in this case, as the governor of the state, to go to fantasy camp. And because he likes basketball, that's what he's doing. All right, we've got 60 more to go. How about that? And I will address every (laughs) single one of these ads with the same negativity I've addressed the first two with. How about that? Kurt Darling is next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 9.35 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's polling at 28%. 
So that's not very good. Well, it depends on how many people are running and what he's running for. It, this is just where he's currently at on the favorability, oh. likability scale. Yeah, that's not good. No, that's not good. So we're talking out of 100, by the oh. way, 28%. Okay. Uh, so that's that's really not good. Because yeah. Trump became president or became the Republican nominee for president, polling at about 28%. Well, th- he, this guy's already in office. Oh. And people aren't liking him well, or no what good. he's doing. We're oh, talking no. about the mayor of Chicago. Oh. Brandon Johnson. He's only been there like three weeks. Exactly. Exactly, and he's getting a 28% rating. Um, so this guy is a total maniac leftist. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Lori Lightfoot because she is also, while a total maniac leftist, also one of the most unlikable people to ever walk the face of the earth and did a horrible job during COVID. She did a horrible job during uh, the, the riots. I mean, the violence and stuff remains out of control in Chicago. So Chicago's response to this in very Chicago fashion mm-hmm. was not, well, we better just fully reverse course. They said, let's get somebody even more, more extreme yeah, more extreme than mm-hmm. the, the failure that was just in there. And it's shocking because it's not working out well for them. Okay, so he announced a new initiative to move migrants out of police stations and into churches. And they're setting up this large tent camp for asylum seekers. It's going to be in the Brighton Park neighborhood. So isn't that just so typical? Claim you're a sanctuary city, invite all the people to come, and then when the people do come, say, oh gosh, we can't handle it, and then rely on churches and other people to give money to take care of the problem. We have a mutual friend who uh, is intricately familiar with border operations. Mm -hmm. And we recently had a conversation with this person. In fact, he's going to be working overtime down there over the Christmas holiday, and we'll hopefully have all sorts of on-the-ground information to give to us about things that person is seeing Mm -hmm. but he has people who work under him who have been at the border and he is manning up over christmas and saying i will take control of this and he was telling us about how awful it actually is and the things that people uh are reporting back to him that they are seeing and make no mistake and everybody down there knows that is in law enforcement down there these people are doing this these people the illegals coming to the country because they believe biden will let them in Mm -hmm. they believe that they will ultimately get citizenship they believe that they will be welcomed here and be have the red carpet rolled out for them i mean this guy was telling us about children dying in the in the rio grande the rivers and and i mean just people getting run over by trains and the media either doesn't know or is not reporting just how horrific the situation actually is down there and so it's going to be very fascinating to get reports from this person and their first-hand accounts. Uh, I'll be on vacation, but you, however, mm-hmm. will, will be here working and, and can tell a lot of those stories. But it's happening. These things are happening because Joe Biden and the Biden administration made it abundantly clear to these people, we want you to come. Yep. And there's been a lot of violence in Chicago, especially over the Thanksgiving weekend. And who does the mayor say is responsible for this? Oh, is it Beetlejuice? Is that did he say the previous mayor is responsible for this? No, he's not pulling a Karine Jean Pierre and blaming the previous administration. Did he put it on Joe Biden for practically essentially inviting illegal immigrants to flood into the country? No, wrong again. Okay, well, who could it be, Casey? You know what the problem is? Right wing extremists. Well, of course, Casey. Yeah, okay, he's blaming them for all of Chicago's problems. He says Republicans are mad, get this, that black people are free. 
Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And okay. so, so, I got so instead of taking responsibility for failed liberal policies, he's claiming Chicago was targeted by Republicans. And make no mistake, Chicago hasn't had a Republican mayor since 1931, yeah, before, since before the Great Depression. Yeah, Hoover, Hoover was president. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think the most obviously this guy is an idiot and he's just a just a total liar and he's just a just a carnival barker. But I think the bigger concern is you can't have a rational conversation with a person like that. You can't have you can't come to a reasonable conclusion with a person like that. You can't work with a person like that to institute things that will make the conditions better. <clears throat> like there's uh you know, when Abdul was running for mayor, people said, well, how can you support Abdul? He's super liberal. Well, Abdul would have been great on the issue that mattered most, which is crime and violence. You ever hear Abdul talk? He's not screwing around with that. That's the number one thing the mayor has control over in a major metropolitan city. Abdul would not screw around with things like illegal immigration. So I said, I am. I have a game of reasonable expectations on what an office holder can do and can accomplish. And so someone who might be otherwise more liberal than I am politically okay with, if in the confines of their job, they're good at the things or willing to do the things that actually they have power and purview over, in this case, it is illegal immigration or dealing with illegal immigrants or crime and violence, I'm willing to accept someone who I don't agree with on the other things. But this guy... There's no, mm-hmm. there's no way to even work with this guy. There's no even way to even work with that. There's no way to come together. There's no way to form a consensus on anything when you hear just complete incoherent psychobabble like what you just heard. And it's another one of our great American cities that are just crumbling right in front of our eyes. And who is not accepting the outcome of the Civil War? Who are these people? Who in the city of Chicago is running around going, South won? <laughs> who? Who? Who are these people? Okay, let's talk about Charlie Munger, this investing guy. He's Warren Buffett's right-hand man. Yeah. He passed away at the age of 99. So this is kind of like, um, what, he's Robin, you know, (laughs) to uh, Warren Buffett's Batman? You know, if you study great investors or businessmen throughout American history— one of the things that you will realize is very often, on almost every occasion, they had someone who, while they didn't garner the spotlight at, like they did, mm-hmm. because often one of the keys to great business is being able to be a showman, a provocateur, someone who captures the imagination, somebody who convinces others to part with their money, and then you take that money and make money off of it. 
there was somebody behind the scenes who was a nuts and bolts type guy, mm-hmm. a consigliere, if you want to use a mafia term, who was the rock solid advice guy, a steady hand, a reliable person that the 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 you know Wizard of Oz, the guy in front of the curtain, the great and powerful Oz could consult with, and it seems like. Charlie Munger was, in many ways, that guy for Warren Buffett. He, uh, what, he had a fortune of $2.3 billion? Yeah. That's pretty well. That's pretty, that's a lot of money. That's more than we're making here, Casey. It is. It's 944. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Mike Braun released his Freedom and Opportunity Agenda. Uh And we're finally going to get around to talking about it next on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. See. Good morning. It is 948. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Mike Braun running for governor in the great state of Indiana, and he has released his wide ranging freedom and opportunity agenda. It's a template for his policy proposals, uh, but uh, he he's being clear, not specific. Yeah. OK, so I would I'm going to guess, Casey. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know I'm an eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's what is it called? The freedom and something agenda? Freedom and opportunity. So I'm going to guess the number one thing on the freedom and opportunity agenda, mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong here, yeah. is that he is going to repeal the largest tax increase in state <laughs> history that he voted for as a member of the Indiana General Assembly that goes up every year, which unfairly punishes poor and middle class people and hinders progress and the ability to work and go to work, which is the tax on gas. Number one. It's got to be number one, right? No. Oh. Not number one. Dang. No. He does talk about how he wants to uh, work with the education system. That's he wants a, to work with it. Well, it's a big priority for oh, him. Okay. He said he wants parents to be at the forefront of what they think is important for their kids. Mm-hmm. And um, anything that he's learned is that a federal solution isn't the solution. Okay. Well, so Casey, I'm probably, I was off on the, in fact, is the anywhere on the gas, just talking about repeal the largest tax increase in state history that Mike Braun voted for. Anywhere. Is that anywhere on his no, freedom he, agenda? He, he does talk about health care issues. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let's one at a time here. Okay. So there's nothing. He's not at all. No mea culpa. No, I'm sorry for voting for the largest tax increase in state history. I'm sorry for punishing middle class people. I'm sorry for making it markedly more expensive for you to go to work and provide for your family. Nothing on there about I, that. I'm, I'm looking, Rob. Yeah, I I'm think you would have seen it. No, okay. I don't see it. All right. Maybe that was just a slight of, you know, just a slip of the mind. There's got to be, Casey. There's got to be a concrete plan to address property taxes, which is punishing Every single, because what's the name? What's the name of the agenda here? What's the freedom and opportunity? Freedom and opportunity. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy who's for freedom and opportunity, the biggest freedom you should have is to own your own home, and for the government not to have a forever lien on your home, and that you get punished every single year and have to pay more of your money, which is as we've talked about many times now, essentially flushing people out of their home. There's got to be freedom and 
Oppor- opportunity. opportunity. There's mm-hmm. got to be on the freedom and opportunity agenda a plan to address property taxes to give people the freedom to own their own home. Well, would you like to hear from him in his own words? Uh, oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Freedom and opportunity from Mike Braun. The lockdowns during the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. were a disaster for our state and led to business people. closures, yeah. uh-huh. job losses, mental health issues, learning loss, and still failed to protect the most vulnerable. As governor, I will never lock down our state, mm-hmm. mandate masks for our kids, mm-hmm. or tell someone their job or business is not essential. And I will always protect a Hoosier's right to medical freedom. Oh. I didn't hear anything about. Okay, and so the guy who committed the legalized bribery, I mean, it was legal, right? I mean, if somebody else did this, they might get in big trouble, but he's in the government, so he's protected. Mm -hmm. So the guy who supported the legalized bribery of getting the governor to shut the state down, he gave, Mike Brown voted to give the state's money, trillions of dollars, Mm -hmm. to shut their states down. Mm -hmm. He's now suddenly very upset over the idea of the state being shut down, and he would never do the thing that he approved giving money to our governor to do. Did I process all that correctly? You got it. Why why is this guy a thing? I mean, I get that he's super rich and he bought a Senate seat. Mm Mm-hmm. But why is this guy a front runner? Why is anybody giving this guy any credence? Why is the, anybody giving this disingenuous person the time of day? Okay, and, why, well, and why am I the only person, why are we the only people pointing this crap out on this guy? Why do Republicans see this stuff and just lap it up like seals instead of asking the same questions that we're asking? You're totally disingenuous, Mike Braun. You voted to allow federal printed money to come to the state of Indiana so that Eric Holcomb could do all the things that you claim to, that you hate that he did. Why are we the only people calling him out on this? If you are a Republican primary voter, why is no one getting in this guy's grill legally and peacefully mm-hmm. at these Lincoln days or these breakfasts and demanding answers to this? Okay, so when asked about his opponents or his congressional record, which you're talking about, he said that none of his competitors have much of a record at all. <laughs> aside he, aside from breaking Senate ties, uh, Suzanne Crouch, which uh-huh. she's, she was in the position to do, yep. uh, n- and nobody else has one elected office. Eric, he, he mentioned Eric Doden well, or, or Brad Chambers. Well, that's not true. Curtis Hill was an elected official. And he said, Cur- he said Curtis Hill didn't cast votes as the state's attorney general. So Mike Braun did cast votes. So mm-hmm. great. So he opened the door. So we have to walk right through that, right? If he's going to talk about his voting record, the reality of Mike Braun's voting record. And by the way, Mike, if you'd like to discuss this, we will give you as much time as you would like to tell us where we're wrong on this. The voting record of Mike Braun in the short time he was in the General Assembly was he voted in 2017 to raise more than 40 taxes, including the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. It was also at the time the largest growth of government uh, in Indiana state history. He voted for that. And then as a United States senator, voted to send trillions of dollars to the states, including Indiana, to to make it possible for Eric Holcomb to lock down the state and do the mask mandates and close the businesses and put a million people out of work. 
That is the voting record of Mike Braun. Thank you. I'm glad he wanted to talk about his voting record. He said that governing in Indiana requires a lot of collaboration, especially with the General Assembly, which holds the purse strings, and that he wanted to make sure we make our government a little leaner and go through every agency. A little leaner. A little leaner. A li- just a little. So what? It's a smidge. So so of the whatever it is, Scoosh. 40 44 and a half billion dollar budget. Does mm-hmm. a little leaner mean we're cutting two million? Does it mean we're cutting? Three million? Does it mean three well, billion? Well, we're going to be clear, not specific. Yeah. Remember that. Uh, he wants to go through every agency to make sure it's oh. running as efficiently. He doesn't know as a business. He wants to be the governor, and he, what is he? It's like Nancy Pelosi. You'll have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. You'll have to vote for Mike Braun to find out what he's willing to cut. Why do people fall for this, Casey? Why? Why? Why do people? It just and it's both parties, and it's time and time again. Mike Braun, he's for me. What? What what in Mike Braun's past would make you think as a legislator that he is for you? Okay, so he claims that he didn't raise uh, health premiums for 15 years when he had his own company. And when it comes to the state's budget, 50% of the state's budget is education, and his approach is to add competition and choice. But he did. Okay, what was the thing about the t- about the health insurance, what'd you say? That he didn't raise premiums for his own employees. But he did repeatedly raise premiums for the 7 million people people in the state of Indiana. I don't know how many people drive cars. Let's say it's 4 million. He did add premiums to 4 million people. And unlike people who are working for your company who had the ability to opt out and go somewhere else if they didn't like your policies as a business owner, I as a taxpayer don't have the ability to opt out on your never-ending gas tax increase. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up in just a little bit, a crazy scam that Brad Kloppensteinstein went through and a warning for you. Stick around for it. It's coming up on 93 WIBC.